Welcome to 80s Action Pod. I am Jay the Movie Guy. However, this episode, I am Jay the Wrestling Guy. Amateur podcast, you're doing this for fun. As a way for me to reminisce and talk about things from the 1980s. Um, I started this podcast wanting to mostly talk about TV shows and movies from the 80s. However, in 1987, one of the biggest events was WrestleMania 3. This was Hulk Hogan vs. Andre the Giant. Randy Macho Man Savage vs. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And it was a two-match show. But there was a lot of other matches and everything on it, which we'll cover later on in the podcast. But the reason I'm covering it is uh, it's my cousin Greg's fault. Because it's his fault that I am a wrestling fan. Uh, my fandom has fluctuated, but uh, back in 84, 85, my cousin Greg and his family came to visit. And on a Saturday, he instead of watching cartoons, he turned it on to Superstars of Wrestling. This was the first time I ever watched wrestling. And um, I don't remember much about the show. I remember two of the matches. One was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus uh, Barry Horowitz. And the other one was Hulk Hogan versus Ron Bass for the title. And as I said, if you don't know what Superstars is, it's about four or five matches where you have a known star versus a nobody just to put them on TV and work storylines. And then they always have a main event of two known wrestlers. And this episode, you, you had your four matches and then they showed a Hulk Hogan versus Ron Bass from Madison Square Garden as their main event. And from that point, I was hooked. I was hooked every Saturday. I was watching it um, when the Saturday night's main event came on, came on, when they were interrupting Saturday Night Live to put these on. I was there. I was watching them. And I, I really enjoyed it. I was, As I said, I was hooked on wrestling. But my fandom kind of fluctuated, as I said, from about 84 to about 89. I would watch on Saturdays. And then... I mean, college came around, high school, college, um, starting a job, and I didn't get to watch hardly at all. I mean, I kind of kept track, but I didn't watch. And then you started the Monday Night Wars when the WCW and uh, WWF were going toe-to-toe, and I was back in. I was watching both shows Monday nights. I was watching both shows on Thursday nights, um, going to live events and everything like that. And it was it was it was a fun time. I mean, the wrestling wasn't the greatest, but I mean, it was a fun time. And then I kind of died down again. And I I keep keep an eye on it. I'll sometimes I'll watch Monday nights. Sometimes I'll watch on Friday nights. But I don't make it must see TV. Every now and then I can pull up Bleacher Report and I can read what's going on and say, okay, I, if I want to see it, I'll go to YouTube now. But uh. So I'm still hooked. I still, um, the only reason I have the Peacock app on my phone on my TV is to watch pay-per-views, which I have fun with. I mean, I watch them. It's a way for me to kill a couple, couple hours, about once a month or so. Um, I make sure though, I always watch like the big ones. So I'll watch WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, Money in the Bank, you know, and, uh, and I enjoy it. It's, it's an escape for me. My wife calls it a redneck soap opera, which it is. It truly is. Wrestling is a redneck soap opera. And if you're a redneck, I apologize. But it, it's true. So, as I said, it's my cousin Greg's fault that I'm a wrestling fan. And 
So Greg, this episode's for you. I mean, you lived in Michigan when this at this time, and WrestleMania three happened in Detroit at the Pontiac Silverdome. So, so hope you enjoy this episode. It's a little bit from difference, and uh, let's go back to 1987. All right. Welcome to WrestleMania 3, March 29, 1987. The World Wrestling Federation. And um, because it was the WWF at this time, I'm going to try to refer to it as WWF instead of its new moniker, WWE. So, the D- World Wrestling Federation in Pontiac, Michigan at the Pontiac Silver Dome had 93,173 in attendance that day. Okay, so... Th- total is questioned at times, but that's what they say their official total is. With the tagline, Bigger, Better, Badder. And that night had the main event of Hulk Hogan defending his WWF Championship versus Andre the Giants. So, two years earlier, they had a uh, WrestleMania And it was more of like a glorified show at Madison Square Garden. But they wanted to go with the star power. That's why they had Hulk Hogan teaming with Mr. T. And then the following year, they had WrestleMania 2, which had the main event of Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. But its gimmick was the fact that it was in three different locations, which each having their own main event. But leading into WrestleMania 3, they wanted to, as I said, they wanted to go bigger. They wanted to have more star power. They wanted to just really just go right at it. So in the role of commentators, you had Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura, former governor of Minnesota. Bob Euchre, Mary Hart from Entertainment Tonight, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Interviews were done by Mean Gene Okerlund, Vince McMahon, Bob Euchre, and Mary Hart. Ring announcers were Howard Finkel. They had the referees. Mary Hart was guest timekeeper also. And in one of the later on matches in the night, they actually had rock star Alice Cooper. And to kick the show off, they had Aretha Franklin singing America the Beautiful. So, show open, first match, Can-Am connection of Rick Martel and Tom Zink versus Bob, Bob Orton Jr., Randy Orton's father, and the Magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji. It was an RA match back and forth, but it ended when uh, Martel gave Morocco a high cross body, basically where he jumps off of him and they like make a T and he knocks him to the ground and uh, he gets the pin. Quick match, normal tag team, no true shenanigans going on. Match two of the night was Hercules Hernandez with Bobby the Brain Heenan and his manager versus Billy Jack Haynes. This was called a full Nelson challenge. Both wrestlers used the full Nelson as their submission hold. Well, the match match ended when Billy Jack Haynes put the full Nelson on Hercules, but they were out of the ring and they were actually counted out. So nothing was really truly decided except for, I mean, it was just a cheap way really to end a match having it end outside. Then one of the most controversial matches of the night was a mixed tag match between King Kong Bundy and uh, two little people, uh, Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo versus Hillbilly Jim 
and the Haiti Kid and Little Beaver. The rules were the little people could not could only fight the other little people, and neither Bundy nor Hillbilly Jim were allowed to attack the little people. All right, Bundy is about six foot, four hundred and eighty pounds, and Hillbilly Jim is like six eight, three hundred and eighty-five pounds. So why they made this match, I mean, I have no idea. But as the match gets going, one of the little people's in the match, and King Kong Bundy doesn't want to leave, so he body slams them and then he squashes them getting disqualified. To me, it was a pointless match. It was basically a way to put heat on um, King Kong Bundy. Oh yeah, a couple terms. Heat is to make a bad guy worse. Um, heel is a bad guy. Face is a good guy. And then there's tweeners, which is somebody who can go either side. But just throw those out there if you've never watched wrestling before. Next match, we come up against Junkyard Dog versus Harley Race. And uh, Harley was uh, taken to the ring with Bobby the Brain Heenan and Fabulous Mola, who was known as the Queen of Wrestling. And basically what it was is Harley Race won uh, the King of the Ring tournament, and he was considered King Harley Race. And Junkyard Dog hated it. So this match was the loser must bow. So, do I mean, during the match, a little bit of shenanigans... Junkyard Dog lost. He he ended up having to bow, but afterwards he blindsided Harley Race with the chair. I mean, kind of like a sore loser. I mean, he's the one who signed up for the stipulation. He also took the robe and the scepter, and he pr- pranced around the ring afterwards. So other then we go to our next match, the dream team of Brutus Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine. And they were accompanied to the ring by luscious Johnny V and Canadian uh, strongman Dino Bravo. And they were going against the fabulous Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Raymond. Started off the match, it just started going, just get going. Referee was distracted. Dino Bravo attacked one of the Rougeaus. And they ended up getting the victory. The ref didn't see it. But during the entire match, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcakes were arguing and bickering and everything like that. So this was the breakup of the tag team when uh, Dino Bravo left with Greg the Hammer Valentine and was now his new partner, leaving uh, Brutus Beefcake and saying, you know what, screw you, goodbye, we're done. Then you come up with the next match, which was uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Adorable uh, Adrian Adonis. This was a hair versus career match. If uh, Adonis lost, he had to have his head shaved. If Piper lost, he had to leave WWE, WWF. And match went back and forth. Uh, when finally uh, Adonis was putting the sleeper hold on Piper, uh, a little bit of shenanigans, Beefcake still ticked off from the previous match. He was around, kind of like poked his nose in, and then he let go of the sleeper hold. Beefcake woke Piper up, turned around, and then threw the they threw the sleeper hold on Adonis. Uh, ref lifts the arm one, two, three times. He's out. So this is now all of a sudden where uh, Brutus Beefcake became Brutus the Barber Beefcake because he actually shaved Adonis's head for Rowdy Roddy Piper. So it was also a way from Beefcake from becoming a bad guy 
from a heel to a face. And all of a sudden now he's going to be loved by the crowds just because he shaved the guy's head. Next up, we have a six-man tag team, which featured uh, former referee Danny Davis, who was a referee who kind of cheated, helped the helped the heels win matches, and different different things like that. But uh, he was teaming up with the WWF Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, Bret the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nyhart, versus the former Tag Team Champions, the British Bulldog. The British Bulldogs, Dynamite Kid and Davey Boy Smith, and Tito Santana, who Danny Davis screwed out of the Intercontinental title to Macho Man Randy Savage. So this was his way of helping to get revenge. And as the match goes on, I mean, six people in the ring, everything goes in and out, and a little bit of chaos when finally um, Danny Davis uses Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart used to come with a megaphone. And he smacked Davy Boy Smith in the head without the ref seeing. And he got the pin and the win. So then if we go to the next match, the natural Butch Reed making his pay-per-view debut against Coco Beware. Coco Beware was one of these fan favorites who would come to the ring, uh, neon colors, flapping his arms. He would bring a parakeet with him. And uh, it was just a quick match, just a little bit of back and forth when all of a sudden it was like just a quick roll up with holding the tights. So uh, Butch Reed won the match. And then after the match, uh, the manager for Butch Reed, uh, Slick, started getting the ring and they were starting to uh, just a little bit shenanigans when all of a sudden uh, Tito Santana came back out and they basically they ripped his suit off of him. And uh, they gave a double drop kick to uh, Butch Reed. So Coco and Santana got to celebrate in the ring together. I mean, I think they're doing this at the end so they can have the, the faces celebrate in the ring. So the crowd be like, okay, yay. Then to me, the next contest is the true main event of WrestleMania 3. But unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, we have Intercontinental title Randy Macho Man Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And this is a match that uh, a few months earlier, Macho Man beat Tito Santana for the Intercontinental title. Danny Davis kind of helped cheat a little bit. So Macho Man's the IC title champion. And he's been kind of feuding with uh, Ricky the Dragon back and forth. And a couple house shows... Uh, Macho Man uh, took a chair and hit uh, Tito, or yeah, Tito, uh, Ricky in the throat. So they played it off that uh, he had uh, damaged lung, or, uh, throat and all that and larynx. And they kept just having it build and build and build so they can get to the title match. Um, as I said, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was uh, escorted to the ring with George the Animal Steel, who's actually from Detroit. And in his, uh, one of his interviews before he passed away, said he was really upset at WrestleMania 3 because it was actually nine minutes from his house. And yet all he got to do was be a valet and not have a match. He was like, there were so many other people there that uh, wrestlers who weren't used. And he's like, you could have just given me a three, four minute match. You could have put me up against Kamala or you could have put me up against Big John Stud or just somebody like that. 
but they didn't use him in his hometown and I kind of think they did him dirty on that one myself but this match uh, for the Intercontinental title is considered for the longest time the greatest Wrestlemania match ever as it was back and forth high flying off the top ropes I mean in and out of the ring and uh, it finally ended when Macho Man was going to use the bell to uh, come down on Steamboat George Animal Steel knocks the belt out of his hand. So Macho Man goes for a body slam. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat rolls him up and gets a quick pin. And uh, Martin making it the first time that the Intercontinental title championship had changed hands at WrestleMania. I mean, there's only been three of them so far at this point. But, and it was also Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's first, and actually I believe it's his only title run in the WWF ever. So after that match, you get you quickly you go to the tenth match of the night. We have the Honky Tonk Man and uh, versus Jake the Snake Roberts. And Jake the Snake was ta- walked out with uh, Detroit native Alice Cooper. And if you're an Alice Cooper fan or you know who he is, you all you know that he was always one to use snakes and pythons and stuff like that in his music videos and on uh, uh, album covers and stuff like that. So, but it was just a quick back and forth match. Um, Donkey Tonk Man gets the win. Um, as I said, shenanigans. There's always shenanigans going on in wrestling. But after the match, Honky Tonk Man gets out of the ring, but leaving Jimmy Hart there to have uh, Alice Cooper put him in a hold him while uh, Jake the Snake Robert pulls out his snake, Damien, and puts it on him. So after this, we turn around and you get... Uh, Ring announcer Howard Finkel coming out with uh, Mean Gene Okerlund to announce the crowd of an indoor attendance record of 93,173. And that, that held for quite a while. I, I believe it was actually an appearance by the Pope in St. Louis that beat, beat it initially. So we get to the match before the main event. We have the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov versus the Killer Bees. As they start out, uh, Nikolai Volkos used to come out and sing the Russian national anthem. So they're like, their manager Slick is like, all right, calm down, calm down, everybody quiet down. Nikolai wants to sing the, the anthem. But a few minutes later, well, as he's getting to start, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, all American with the two by four, and an American flag comes out and says, nope, you're not doing this, not in America. You're not singing the, the national anthem. This is the home of the free and, uh, and of the brave. And, so he stops him from singing the anthem and he stays out during the match and well actually while he's out there he actually costs the Killer Bees their title because, or not their title but the match because he ends up interfering when uh, the Iron Sheik has his uh, submission move the Camel Clutch on one of the Killer Bees so he hits him with the 2x4 and they end up getting disqualified now we come to why everybody came for WrestleMania 3. Well, not everybody, but most people were there. It was the biggest main event in sports entertainment history. The final match pitted WWF World Heavyweight Champion Hulk Hogan defending against Andre the Giant. Howard Finkel induced, introduced the uh, guest ring announcer Bob Euchre, who turned and introduced guest timekeeper and Entertainment Tonight host Mary Hart. Fans booed Andre as he came to the ring. 
well, they had these carts. I didn't bring this up earlier, but I will later talk about it. But they had these carts that would bring him from the back to the ring. And uh, they brought Andre the Giant and Bobby the Brain Heenan out. Then Hulk Hogan didn't want a cart. So he came out carrying an American flag and his title. And he was pointing to the crowd. And he's all, all about it. And he's like, this is it. Championship match. So bell rings and they do a little bit of posturing in the ring. When all of a sudden, about two minutes in, Hulk Hogan goes and attempts to body slam Andre. But he was unable to lift him and Andre fell on him. And you got a one count, a two count, and the ref's hand came down for three, but all of a sudden he says, no, Hogan got his shoulder up. And I mean, it was one of those, it could have been, could have been not. So, so what happened then, the match went back and forth for a little bit more. And uh, finally, about 10 minutes into the match, Hogan finally hulked up and everything like that, and he scooped a slammed. Uh, the 525-pound giant before hitting the gro- the uh, ropes and dropping his leg and getting the pin and uh, celebrating in the middle of the ring. And it was one of those things that Vince McMahon always says, send him home happy. Because, I mean, that's what WrestleMania is supposed to be about. They've kind of gotten away from that lately. But, uh, so that was the whole big thing is that Hulk Hogan now has been uh, three straight matches where he's won and was the champion at the end of WrestleMania. And uh, they built it as this was the first time that Andre the Giant had been body slammed. Well, kind of. Kind of, as I said, we'll talk talk about some of the other things in the aftermath and things that happened and a couple of things with the wrestlers and where wrestling is today. But uh, as I said, they turn around and they... um, Hogan body slammed Andre, and it was like the first time anybody had ever bodied slammed him, but it was only the first time in WWF. Because throughout the territories, Andre had been body slammed by multiple wrestlers before, including Hulk Hogan in one of the other territories. But he had been body slammed by uh, Jerry the King Lawler, Harley Race, Big John Studd, just Kamala. And these are people who have body slammed or uh, Andre the Giant, but because it never happened to WWF, it never happened. So, with that, that's a quick rundown of uh, WrestleMania 3. And then when we come back, we'll talk about, as I said, we'll talk about some of the wrestlers, the aftermath, where the state of wrestling is now. And uh, maybe I'll give you a list of my 10 all-time favorite wrestlers. So, that was WrestleMania 3. Springtime has sprung, and it is time to pull out the grill and the smoker. For me, there's nothing better on the weekend than throwing on a brisket or a pork butt or some chicken wings. But you know what? Sometimes barbecue sauce just doesn't cut it, and you just need that little kick in the butt. That's why I reach for Half's Hot Sauce. Big on flavor and big on heat. Half's Hot Sauce is a small batch company based in New Philadelphia, Ohio. And everything is made with all natural ingredients. Not only is it big on flavor and big on heat, it's also fun names for their product. Let me tell you, you can reach for your main squeeze 
or you can always have more cowbell, trippy pickle, killer kiwi hot sauce, pineapple, which is my personal favorite, hot tropic hot sauce, sugar rush, sugar rush peach hot sauce. You can always go to the indigo fire blueberry hot sauce, or you can always reach for the old razzle dazzle. And it's not, not just hot sauces either. They also sell honey. Some of it infused with the habanero or ghost pepper. So you can't go wrong with half hot sauce. And uh, Brian will ship anywhere in the United States. He has $6 flat rate shipping, which is the best deal they have. And you can also check them out on uh on their, on their website at halfshotsauce.com and then from there you can just follow them you can place your orders but when you check out use the code 80s and you'll get 5% off your entire order so make sure you do that spell out 80s and get 5% off your order and you definitely have to check out Half's Hot Sauce Let's talk a little bit about the matches and everything that was going on at WrestleMania 3. Quickly, we'll run back through the matches. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you about how long they were. And uh, they have a what's called a star rating. A star rating goes from dud, which is a minus five, to a five-star match, which are the best of the best. I mean, everything worked perfectly. They told a story. There were no mess-ups. And the wrestlers just basically did their job. So, as I said, we're going to start uh, opening match. Had the KM Connection beating Bob Orton and Don Morocco in 5 minutes and 37 seconds. It had a rating of 2.5 stars. So, it was basically just your average match. Billy Jack Hayes versus Hercules Hernandez in a draw, 7 minutes and 44 seconds. It had a star rating of 2 and 3 fourths stars. And then you had the Hillbilly Jim versus King Kong Bundy and the little people added in. Three minutes and 23 seconds. You got a star. And then we had Harley Race versus Junkyard Dog. Four minutes, 22 seconds. One star. And then we had uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Greg Valentine versus the Rougeau Brothers. Four minutes and three seconds. One and a half stars. Rowdy Piper versus Adrian Adonis. Six minutes and 54 seconds. Three and a half stars. So right there is so far the best of the night. It won't be the best when all is said and done. Then you had the six-man tag of the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis versus the British Bulldogs and Tito Santana. Eight minutes and 52 seconds. Two and three-quarter stars. Butch Reed versus Coco Beware, 339. It had half a star. Then we get down to Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage. 14 minutes and 35 seconds. Longest match of the night. And it had a rating of four and a half stars. Um, a couple other places have it rated as four and three-four stars. 
Um, it was one of the closest things that WWF had had to a five-star match in quite a while. Then you had Honky Tonk Man versus Jake Roberts, seven minutes and four seconds, two and a half stars. Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik versus The Killer Bees, 544, one and a half stars. And then you get to the main event, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, 12 minutes and one second, one star. And I've, uh, I've seen other people in other rankings give it negative as all the way down to a dud. Because it was not a good match. Um, there was nothing really to it. But there, there's some funny stories, though, about the match. And that is, uh, depending on whose biography you you, uh, you you watch or you listen to or you read, um, Hulk Hogan would say, oh, I was supposed to win the match the entire time. It was all the way up to me. No, it was, I, I knew I was going to win it and he was going to let me body slam him. But a lot of other people have written and have said, it was all up to Andre the Giant. Vince McMahon loved Andre. And he was so beloved in that locker room that people were floored when he actually said, I want to be a heel for a little bit. And he understood the business that Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant was huge money. And it was actually up to him in the middle of the match. Hogan did not know going into that match he was going to walk out champion. And as the match went on, there's actually, actually when he pins Andre, finally at the end of the match, he tells him thank you. Now they've tried to scrub it from watching it on rewatching and stuff like that, but uh, you know, from the earlier recordings, you can you can hear him saying thank you. So where where did this, a lot of this go? Well, we all know the success of WrestleMania because they just recently had WrestleMania 38, and this year's main event was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, where they were. Um, basically unifying their championship in it's it to me they it was the biggest match that they've had to close a show since Andre and Hogan so let's talk about some of the people that were involved in the in, in the wrestling um we all know Rowdy Roddy Piper uh passed away way too soon um shortly after this he took a break from wrestling to go film the movie They Live which is an all-time cult classic action movie, which is amazing. Then Hulk Hogan stepped away, not quite yet, but he will soon, because he just got done doing, um, in uh, Rocky Three, he had a part in there, and he still has Suburban Commando, and he had uh, TV show Thunder in Paradise, and they tried to make him into an action star, but they didn't do very good. I mean, you 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 see what you get what you see with Hulk Hogan as an actor. But then you turn around and you also got uh, Andre the Giant, who in a couple years played the uh, Fezzik in The Princess Bride, one of the most iconic roles and beloved characters ever to be grace cinema. And so Andre the Giant got there, and then. Uh, Randy Savage who had done the Slim Jim commercials and he was very popular and sometimes more popular than uh, Hulk Hogan was at the time but uh, he got to play in Spider-Man Sam Raimi's Spider-Man with uh, Tobey Maguire 
as he played uh, Buzzsaw in that whole wrestling scene where he bounces around to get money just before Uncle Ben passes away. Spoiler alert, Uncle Ben passes away in the Spider-Man movie. But, as I said, this was the, the thing that truly propelled wrestling for the WWF for a couple years until uh, Ted Turner started throwing his money around and basically picking the other territories and bringing in his own wrestlers where we would have the names like Ric Flair and Sting and Lex Luger, uh, Vader, Cactus Jack. Now, granted, yes, all these names eventually did show up in the WWF at the time. But at the time, it was true competition, which led into the Attitude Era and then the Monday Night Wars. But then you have the WWE. WWE had to change their name because of the World Wildlife Foundation. So they got sued and went from WWF to WWE. And it, it just, it's gone on from there. And now they're down up to about 13 pay-per-views a year. Um, they have their their flagship shows on Monday night and Friday nights, uh, Raw and SmackDown. And yes, I still watch, um, as I said, it's my cousin Greg's fault that I still watch or keep a track of. It's the only reason why I have Peacock, so I can watch the pay-per-views. A um, lot cheaper than buying the network. Network was $9.99, Peacock's $4.99. But I, I enjoy it. It's, like, it's just like a little escape for me, as my wife calls it. As I said, she calls it the redneck soap opera, which it is. It truly is. But as being a wrestling fan, as long as I have, um, I was never a Hulkamaniac. Um, I thought his matches were boring. I thought he was presented over the top. It just wasn't my style. I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't a fan of the huge guys, um, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd. Andre the Giant could move, but he always worked better with smaller guys. So, I came up with a list of my 10 all-time favorite WWF slash WWE wrestlers. These are people who did the bulk of their career, or what I've known them as, is where they got my fandom from. So, number 10 was Jeff Hardy. Number nine is Tito Santana. Number eight is Chris Jericho. Number seven is Randy Orton. Number six, the one who shall not be named by WWF, WWE, is Chris Benoit. He was just a master in the ring. Number five, Owen Hart. Number four, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Was my favorite from that, well, one of my favorites from that era. Um, number three, and you can come at me for this one, but I will defend him, is The Miz. I love The Miz. I think he's awesome. I just, he, he's not as good in the ring, but what he can do on the mic, and he can be the bad guy that you need. Um, he's like a half of a Rowdy Roddy Piper, but he can just be that fly in the ointment and just bug the hell out of anybody. Number two is Eddie Guerrero. And as I said, my number one favorite wrestler of all time is Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, The man um, has only ever in his entire career took three clean pinfalls. Um, He says, if I'm going to lose, it's going to be dirty. I'm either going to be disqualified, counted out, or you're going to have shenanigans where you do something that's against your character to beat me. And just the way he worked matches, the psychology that he had, that it, it was just great, that I loved... Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper is a wrestler. 
and just just the way just the way he carried himself just the way all those wrestlers carry themselves that some of them are still wrestling some of them are now out of WWE WWF um, some of them had most of their success out of WWF uh, like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat uh, had two five-star matches with Ric Flair in WCW NWA and even carried their uh, their world title for a while and just different things like that so as I said I love uh, I just love the fact that you can go away and come back to wrestling and it's not that hard to pick up and find out okay he's a good guy he's a bad guy and um, if you ever want a different another podcast on wrestling it's one I really really enjoy it's called The Payoff every Monday they bring an episode where they talk about a classic wrestling match they talk about what led up to it. They talk about the match. They watch, They actually watch the match. They talk about during the match what was going on and all that in the business at the time. And then they talk about the aftermath and then they rank them. And uh, some of these, uh, they don't do newer products, but they do um, some of the older matches. And it's a great way to reminisce against some of these matches. So um, they, they covered uh, Hogan Andre. They covered uh, Steamboat Macho Man. And then some of my other favorite matches, they uh, covered Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar and just different things like that. They're, they're really high on Shawn Michaels, which Shawn Michaels is always a great in-ring performer when he, when his heart is in it. So, so if you ever get a chance, check out the payoff. I highly recommend it. And uh, so that's just me rambling on about WrestleMania 3. And uh, I could do another podcast on this easily and talk more about WrestleMania 3 on... Uh, how I rented the video for it like five, six times from our uh, rental store. And and I, I ended up buying it. And then now that the fact that it's on Peacock, I can watch it whenever I want. Because I used to just pull up YouTube videos and watch certain matches of it. So, so that's me talking about WrestleMania 3. Yes, we're going back to a movie for 1988. So until then, Nanu Nanu, live long and prosper and may the force be with you.